0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the third episode of Rethinking EDU. This is our first time with five people on the same podcast. And so we had a little bit of audio quality issues in the middle of the episode. You might hear people's voices sound a little wonky, but don't worry. I think our message still rings true. Teacher self-care is so important in the time of COVID-19. We hope you love this episode, our guest friend Warren, and we hope that you'll continue to come back and listen to Rethinking EDU. Check back soon for episode four in our next series about networks. Thanks. Hey, everyone, this is Mike Dunn, and welcome to episode three of Rethinking EDU. We really appreciate you joining us for this episode. We've got a really fun and I think interesting topic this evening that we're going to talk about. This episode is the third of our first series, which is all about teaching during um, the pandemic that is being caused by the coronavirus. And so all of us teachers here, there's five of us here tonight, we are all you know, sequestered at home and uh, trying to continue quote-unquote school as usual, I guess, right, from our houses. I just want to introduce everybody who's joining us this evening. So I'm here with my co-host Matt, Julie, and Janine. Janine, you want to say hello? Hey
1: everybody, welcome back and um, here I am observing the uh, wildlife in my new backyard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I've got uh, Julie Cook on with me.
2: Hi, I'm in a corner of my house, uh, daring any of my family members uh, to come in this room. Nice.
0: <laughs> and of course, Matt Downing. Matt, how you doing?
3: Good, good. Excited for episode number three, self-care. This is going to be great.
0: And our special guest this evening is Fran Warren. What's up, Fran? Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so glad to have you here. Um, I want to do a quick introduction of Fran here because you're our first guest on this, uh, on this podcast. And I want to try to capture... Fran Warren's bio in 30 seconds or less. It's really impossible, though, for all you listeners out there. It's super impossible. So I'm going to try. Here we go. So Fran Warren founded the Educators Room nine years ago. It's a digital platform working to amplify teacher voices across education sectors within the United States. After founding the Educators Room, Fran decided that teachers needed to be Uh, cared for as well so she founded the teacher self-care conference which is a convening of educators that travels around the country and focuses on teacher self-care appropriate because that's our topic for this evening excitingly fran is also running for school board what what fran you you want to plug your school board uh
4: running a little bit what's going on with that so, I am running for Fulton County School Board in the Metro Atlanta area, District 4. Um, if elected, I'll be the first educator on the board. Election has been moved to June 9th. Um, I'm running on a platform around reduced testing, more wraparound services for kids, um, strategic partnerships to support literacy and mathematics, um, and a mentoring collaborative. Awesome.
0: and. As you can imagine, this is why Fran is on our, on our program. So <laughs> let's dive right into it. Our first uh, topic of this evening is, you know, we're in the COVID-19 pandemic, of course, but really teaching from a self-care perspective is just a high stress job. I know that Julie and Janine, I mean, we, go, we could all talk about this for a long time, but I know Julie and Janine, you all have some thoughts On that and Fran I would love to hear your perspective as well.
2: So I think there are a variety of reasons why teaching is a high stress job. Uh, First of all we have um, people's children um, and you know the stakes are high. Um, I think teaching is perhaps unique in that you're responsible for outcomes uh, but often in many educational settings anyway uh, not in my personal um, setting where i've been for um, gosh just about 19 years um, but people have they're accountable for something but they have little say over how they can implement and make decisions Um, so agency a lack of support um, a top-down hierarchical structure um you know, I think there's a variety of reasons why teachers are stressed out and just caring for, you know, people's children is is a stressful
4: um, stressful position to be in. Absolutely. It's a piggyback on what she said also is around when you're talking about children and I, I tell people this all the time, when you're responsible for the health and welfare of other people's children, it adds an an element of accountability that makes teaching not only do you have to deliver the content but you have to make sure children are they feel um supported at school they feel like they're learning it's a lot and when you add 30 kids who have 30 different types of needs um it can be overwhelming
1: absolutely yeah and not only is there accountability but there's also liability you throw that in there and that can mm, that some stress exactly
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. for sure yeah
1: um but you know and then i think like Teachers, you we know, can certainly go down the rabbit hole of talking about, um, you know, having to teach to the tests and standards and um, you know, these evaluation systems that are based on on testing results and all of that. Um, but then I start to also think about that this is a job that it doesn't end at three o'clock, you know. I don't know any teacher that can really clock in clock out, at least not in our school. <laughs> not only carrying on with you know grading assignments and that kind of stuff but you're still thinking about those kids and where you left them and there's issues that you can't always that are out of your control um that you end up worrying about that there's kids that don't have enough resources or enough supplies or you know um access to to food and um so there's so much more to it than just simply teaching it's never just simply teaching
0: right right and I, I would add to that uh this combination of like sort of paternal feelings we all have about the kids that we're teaching, right? Whether that is, oh man, you know, this student eh, I can tell really needs these sort of things and I can't really provide those things for them. Um, it it ultimately turns into like you really deeply care about your students and you also realize that their parents really deeply care about them too. So you have a lot of a lot of built-in uh like natural empathy in the job which can be really toll taking on individuals you know all day we're like man it's got to be really hard to learn like that oh man you know that kid is really clearly struggling with attention or whatever it might be and all of those feelings can lead you to a, a whole lot of stress and a whole lot of burden that you're feeling on your shoulders.
1: It can also be like a tricky relationship to have with the parents. Um, you know, and one that, yes, you want parents to be involved, but you also don't want them to be like helicopter parents where they are contacting you relentlessly after at all hours of the day and it demanding instant feedback. Um, and then also, you have on the flip side parents that are never involved, and you know wish that they were there to to support things a little bit better. So it's like there, there's so much more to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. I want to add one more point, and I would love to hear anybody's perspective on this. Is that I think teaching in the last ten years, in particular, has come under a whole lot of fire, and I see it sort of starting with um news pieces maybe even maybe even about 15 years ago where there was a lot of talk about teachers you know having the whole summer off and teachers making like these enormous salaries and having all these great benefits and not really working for their salaries and, you know, when, once you get into tenure for teachers, teachers can basically just phone it in and don't really have to do the kind of work that is expected of them. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah. <laughs> and and Fran, as a potential school board member in the future, what
4: what are your thoughts about that? I think that um, for a lot of, you, you know, this narrative around teachers get the summers off, It's it's really one of the things that shows just how much people don't know about the teaching profession, um, because I know very few educators who actually take the summer off, whether they decide to work that summer program or not, you know, they spend a good majority of their day finding resources for the next semester, um, working, still working with kids in the school year, still at the school decorating their room. Um, But I think these are all, Um, conversation starters from people who in the first place don't really understand what teaching is. So they go with a narrative that's the easiest way for, you know, them maybe as um, a community member or as a parent or whoever to not take responsibility for like, our teachers are working really hard. What are some policies or things that we can do to really make it so they can teach and they're not having to Spend an exorbitant amount of time um, in order to teach. So I think that the people who push those narratives are those people who have something to gain from it. Because anybody who's been in the classroom in the last five to ten years say no, um, just what has teaching has become.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I I think that leads to a really great other topic that is directly related to what we're talking about here, and that is right now. During the COVID-19 pandemic, there is a very much a veil that has been lifted off of what teachers do in classrooms because parents are literally watching their kids at home trying to learn in this bizarro Zoom conference-driven learning environment, right? And I wanna I want to get Matt's perspective because Matt, you're supporting teachers and supporting your district through use of technology. And I would love to hear. Kind of, what is what are the stresses that teachers are feeling right now, that may have been different from before, and like how how do you, in your view do you think like parents are also getting a new snapshot into what teaching and learning is really like?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this has been difficult, right? And stress is real, and it does a a significant impact on our bodies. I mean, just for myself, I know I can I can speak that. I mean, it's difficult to sleep right now, you know, with all of the stress on your body and looking at the screen and the whole science behind like the melatonin isn't able to, um, you know, be released because of the screen time and just all of this stuff that's processing, um, throughout the day, it is difficult to sort of, um, relax. And I get that from other teachers. I was on a call with a teacher today and she told me, you know, I want to cry. You know, I'm not. I'm not used to sort of interacting with this material this way and with the students this way. I, I don't know if I'm doing a good job. And then I, sometimes I get calls from parents, and uh, and I'm I'm really just supposed to be supporting the teachers. But um, you know, I'll get a call from a parent or a teacher will ask me to reach out, and they are at their wits end. They they're like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I can't get on this program. I you know, what's going on? And I'm like, well, what's the model of your laptop? And I'm trying to like troubleshoot. Oh <laughs> and sometimes I feel like I'm doing more harm, right? Cause it's like, I'm like, did I just waste an hour of your life and now you're more stressed out? Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult. And it's something that I think we're, we're trying to just push aside and like, just go through it. But you can't just go through the stress because it's real and we're feeling it and we, and we need to stop and, and deal with it or it's gonna end up taking a toll. And I also don't think it's it's helpful enough for people to say, make sure you just walk away from the screen. You know, it's that's not this like that's not gonna get it done. We need to learn how to deal with this because we've never dealt with it. And that's why like I'm really excited to be talking with, with you all tonight about self-care because I think it's really pertinent right now. I'm feeling it, and yeah, other teachers that I'm talking to are are feeling it too. This is, this is really good.
1: Yeah, I think there's definitely, it, you know, I guess it depends on the situation, like what, what your school is doing and what the expectations are. Um, I've definitely have talked to some teachers mm-hmm. who are feeling really overwhelmed. Um, you know, they have been, they've been working 10, 12 hour days, um, just planning new content, new curriculum because it's being transitioned to online and how it was, it's different from what they would have done, you know, in the classroom. Um, you know, and then thinking about how to navigate all these different, the you know, Zoom and how to all the controls and being able to monitor a classroom while you're doing a live session, like, just like a lot of stuff to be thinking about. And then if you have a lot of teachers who, you know, they're not just teachers; <laughs> they are parents, they are husbands, wives, whatever, significant others. Um, you know, they have other roles in their life to play, and that they're here. They are working from home, and you know, there's other things going on within that home. Um, And I think that that too can also just totally impact how they're feeling Mm -hmm. and taking care of themselves as well.
4: I think that as all of these, you know, we talk about all these things that are happening and, and the stress that teachers are feeling. And, you know, the thing that always gets neglected, like she said, is that teachers also have the ability, should have the ability to have flaws. And so many times people expect teachers to just teach 24 hours a day, answer every phone call, return every message, not realizing that these same people have families, they have second jobs, which is a whole nother topic.
0: You know, they have things that
4: they want to do. And so many times teaching, that's why a lot of teachers are um, opting to leave because they don't have time to even be a parent because teaching is so taxing on them. Yeah, because you're
0: at the end of the day you're not just dealing with every kid. You know, if you've got 32 kids in your classroom, then you have somewhere between a potential like 40 and 70 other human beings, aka parents that you're trying to deal with. You know, and that's a lot of people to wrangle. I would say that it's very likely that some of the biggest account executives out there don't have portfolios that are 40 to 70 people large. Right, you're talking about a, a whole lot of of individual beliefs and individual um, ideas to kind of wrangle with, and and I've said this for a long time now that everybody has a kind of thing that they have experienced in education that has been both positive and negative for them, and so then everybody has an opinion about what should be happening in classrooms, and so you you have um, you have this like direct, I guess, line of thinking that makes people believe that they think that they know how good teaching and learning should look. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. for me to think about what's happening right now with parents and how they're able to view those things with their kids at home. Um, But I I also think that it it kind of behooves us as educators and education leaders to kind of work with one another to make sure that we are um, recognizing the stress in one another and recognizing the stress that we're experiencing and reaching out to help others as we're kind of moving forward. And Julie, I would love to hear your uh, um, take on this. You had said something to me earlier about you know recognizing when you need to put your own oxygen mask on first before you put the oxygen masks on of others. But, you know, maybe teachers are more wired to put the oxygen mask on others before themselves. I don't know. What what do you think about
2: that? I I think we we are wired that way and um, to to look outward and to always be the helpers. But I think uh, lately what's been on my mind uh, in this environment is that the line is really blurred between, you know, your life and your school teaching life. Um, so at some point, there has to be an end to the workday. And I think probably that extends to all people who are working out of their houses right now that you know, when do you turn it off? And for teachers, I think it's always been a difficult um, thing to do. Um, uh, right now, it just seems more difficult to do. Um, but I, I think too, just remembering, I think I said this in our last episode is, you know, Mr. Rogers, you know, look for the helpers. I, I am surrounded by, you know, excellent colleagues who are trying to support me. So I need to, you know, lean on them when when I can. Um, I need to focus on the positive. Remember to be grateful that we all have work. (laughs) There's a a lot more stress that would come from not having work.
4: (laughs) Um, You know, just
2: continuing to look for how can I set those boundaries? How can I use my time effectively after... know, we really get better at this from now until the end of the year um, and still have time to, you know, have some sort of a a life outside of our online
0: teaching responsibilities right now. Yeah. I, (laughs) it's so hard just thinking about all of what you just said. I'm like, man, that's, that's so challenging. So one thing we haven't talked about, but I think is interesting to just hear people's perspectives on a little bit is we are certainly maybe like closer to our families than we have been in the past. We spend more time with our families now. You know, there's, there's always the fun, um, you know, fun, not so fun quote, that teachers spend more time with other people's kids than they do with their own kids. Right. (laughs) And maybe that's not so true right now, but I wonder what you all are thinking and feeling about the lack of like physical connection because we've had to physically distance ourselves from our students. And so the lack of like being in the actual classroom and the lack of, you know, talking to a student face to face.
4: I think it does take a toll on us, but I think um, what this is showing us, and this is, you know, true, even though people don't want to admit this, is that for a time there, um, teachers were teachers were and are still being asked to do a lot. And I can teach a child, and I can teach them for 180 days, and I can love them to death, and I can want the best for them, but I still have replace me as their parent or their caregiver. Um, and one of the things that I've, I've talked to teachers about is you have to have a healthy balance. You know, I've been the teacher where I'm like their mom, and it's draining. I can't even get anything done because after work I'm advocating for children at home, you know, just all kinds of things, and it's affected me in that I can't um effectively advocate for myself or for my children, my actual children and so um while we're on this pause, you know everybody doesn't have come from a good home life um but one of the things that i've 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 known i've started to even be more affirmed in is that most times somebody has somebody that cares about them. And I think teachers have to balance very strategically um, of them being the parent for kids at school because it's taxing. And, you, and unless you physically bring the child home with you, um, you many times end up at the end of the year not just heartbroken, but just physically you can't do it. So, you know, we're missing the kids. We want to see them and see how they're doing. But there's also that fine line in that you can't be their parent 24-7. And you have to relinquish some of that control and figure out who is that person in those kids' lives who can be you when you're not there and can really advocate for them from a parental perspective or it might be an aunt or it might be an older cousin or an older brother. Um, So I know we are missing the kids and we we want to see them, but also using this time to kind of pause and say, okay, here's where I can probably be a better keeper of my time or not getting so um, overwhelmed with trying to help 13 kids and, and be their pseudo parents.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say real quick that, you know, my heart goes out to some of the kids, especially, um, you know, we've been hearing a lot from the kids, just, they, they miss being in school. (laughs) They, Mm. they, and some of them, especially that are like home by themselves, you know, it's just, they're like the only kid there and they don't have anybody to really hang out with or do things with. I, I, those kids, I feel really bad for.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and to think from a, a little bit different of an angle, I really appreciate the, the points that you both are bringing up about that but to speak from a different angle just about social distancing in general like it's really like jacking me up and i think it's like messing up society like i went for a walk today and i got a little too close to somebody and i felt like i was doing something wrong you know and and uh, i'm wondering yeah. <laughs> as like society as a culture like this is this is going to be difficult to recover from and then thinking about it in education like we are sort of built on you know these like deeper interactions and personal interactions with these with these kids and with other colleagues and it's also made me like think about how we've taken a lot of those times like we have lots of hours with these kids and and we've taken some of that for granted and um you know and everyone does that you know in life but like i think as educators we need to rethink Um, you know, in in some ways, rethink, like, how could we do education different, like, in the building, but in some ways, like, we have all of this time, like, how can we rethink how we're going to utilize it to impact um, these kids? Because, you know, we've had all this time before, and now we haven't had any, like, from these two extremes. And, um, and I've just been thinking about that.
0: I just, you know, every time somebody uh shouts out the name of the podcast in the middle of the podcast, I just gotta <laughs> I just gotta shout that out, you know. So, right,
4: <laughs>
2: I think um, you know, so much of teaching in the classroom, I think of it as, you know, as an, a high art form, um, or at least I like to think of it that way. But so much of it is just that that intuition where, you know, you can you know, spot from twenty yards out that kid's body language. You know, and he's he's not understanding. He's never going to ask that question. But you know, you you mosey over there, and you know, you can get him back on track or whatever it is, um, or just you know, the kid's eyes light up like you know they understand. Uh, all of those things are just missing right now um, in the tiny little Zoom boxes. So things definitely have had to shift. Um, a lot of that kind of physical communication um, and that back and forth um, banter between teachers and students, um, it's just all very different. And um, I can speak for my students, we, we miss it, you know? Uh, so it's, it's a loss, I think, um, on the whole. Um, certainly there's, as we talked about before, there's opportunities, there's shifts that have to be made. We have to pivot. Um, we're in no choice uh, situation here, so it's uh, going to be okay. Um, but certainly,
0: there, things have shifted. That's for sure. Yes, to all of those things. You know, I think that there are lots of teachers out there feeling that way. But I want to harken back to what what Fran was saying just a couple of minutes ago. There are also a lot of um, opportunities here for us to think about, as teachers and as a profession, how we're able to start to exercise some of the self care that is really going to bring us through. This situation, and also, and I really hope this happens to continue to care for ourselves well after we are no longer sequestered in our back offices in our house. And I would love to talk about that for a little bit here. Maybe, Fran, you could be the one to kind of kick us off. What are some of the tools that we know that we can share with teachers now that can kind of help us get through this?
4: I think, you know, one of the things that I always encourage teachers to do is to make sure that they are using this time at home to really get themselves together um, around mental health and just doing things that help them be calmer, be relaxed, and not get so much into the frenzy of, you know, I have to try 20 different tools to get kids to learn, Um and one of the things that we've talked about when you when um, the other guests talked about social distancing and you know how it's messed us up, but also looking at it as a gift of okay now you might have a little bit more time because you're not commuting. how can you get up in the morning and you know pray or you know moment of silence whatever you do, or can you take a walk or can you call someone that you haven't really you've lost in contact with? Um, we've also been encouraging teachers to make the thing the thing meaning that um in this digital learning there are a lot of people pushing products down use this try this and so really thinking about what do i want my kids to do and how can i get them there and being intentional with what we do uh, one of the things that i was telling a friend of mine is that you know previous i think we're going to start talking about the world on um, pre-covid 19 and post-covid 19 mm-hmm. is that I was over scheduled I, every day from, you know, I worked from eight o'clock until 4.45, got home about 5.30. I was over just activities and going and never having time to really sit and really process what I had just done and what I needed to do and how I could be better. Uh, and so that left a lot of things half done. And so during this time, Um, You know, the first week I was in shock, the next week I was like, I want to go back to work. But now I'm using this as a time for me to say, okay, I really need to finish this, let me get this done. Okay, I really need to sit down and think about how I'm going to plan to do this. So for teachers to really be intentional, journal what you're doing um, and reach out to people. You know, it might be where you sit down and you realize that you, you don't like where you work or you're saying, you know what, really, I think it's time for me to go. Okay, now you have time to really sit down and redo your resume and think about what you're going to do next. Or it might be as simple as saying, you know what, I'm sponsoring four sports this year, two in the fall, two in the spring. I can't do that anymore. I'm going to take it down to one each. But just really being intentional with what we do. Um, And I think that if you're intentional with it, then you can um, avoid some of the traps of overscheduling and not really giving things your all. Um, and I think for a lot of us, you know, we're trained to go, go, go. Um, but in reality, everybody takes a break. Everybody needs to rest. And not rest and you're still on your computer or you're still working on a project, but really rest and get your mind together.
0: Yeah, I, I have been thinking a lot about what are the projects that you're taking up in your life that are really... To, to quote the uh, famous um, philosopher Marie Kondo, what are the um, things that you're doing in your life that are really gonna give you joy? And if you're picking those things up and saying, I feel fulfilled, I feel happy after doing these things, even if it's taking up some of my time, and that can be just running around out in the yard with your kids or um, watching The Bachelor or, uh, you know, survivor or whatever, you know. For me, for example, I've taken up all these random little projects around our apartment that I have been thinking about forever. So I constructed three brand new picture frames. I today created like this little step thing for our dog. I, um, you know, am working on this like little keepsake box thing. All of these things that are getting me away from my computer and are yeah. um, getting me engaged with something that is like tangible and real, you know? And yeah. um, whether that's doing a little bit of meditation in the morning, like you were suggesting, Fran, or at night or or whenever during the day, but making sure you're taking a little bit of time just to focus yourself, your mind, your energy, whatever that whatever that might be for you. I think it's really critical. And I think it's really critical that we all think about Every teacher, every person thinks about what are those things that are really going to allow you to kind of center yourself, bring yourself back to not feeling like you're running ragged all the time,
4: you know? After I got over the initial shock, one of the first things that I've I've done is, and I've told my husband this, I've had to get things in my own house in order. So whether it's cleaning out closets, whether it's cleaning out my office, whether it's getting the junk out so that I have clarity so that I can tackle the things. Before um COVID, I was just starting things and haphazardly and I don't have enough time in the day and what am I gonna do? Now I'm sitting here and I'm saying, okay, these things are in order in my house. Now I can go and do these other things. Yeah, I love it. Janine, Julian, Matt, what are y'all what are you all thinking?
3: Oh, uh, Fran, just to say um to get things in order. So we had this uh me and my wife got married 15 years ago and we were finally finishing our, our wedding scrapbook. So we're finally getting that in order
2: <laughs> What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> this, this box
3: of stuff has been, and, we, and we've moved like six times. So we move it. Like since we've been married and we just keep moving like, Oh yeah, we'll get to that. And finally we like took it out. Like we are doing this. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're trying to get that in order and, and it actually does feel good. I can relate with what you're saying. Like, and we have other little projects that we've done, done, but it's like, yeah, we got to get that done so we can move on. And, and start other stuff and,
0: you know, another, uh, scrapbook. So 15 years from now, you're, you're, you're <laughs>
4: but, that, but, but that's, but I want you to think about that for a second in the sense of we have become so busy that mm-hmm. we continually go through and we, we're so busy that we don't have time to enjoy life. Yeah. We make it about being busy opposed to really enjoying it. And so when I'm thinking about, you know, I just moved into a new house last January um, a year ago. And so I have not really enjoyed my house because I've been going to work. Well, what's the point of, of getting a new house if you don't enjoy it? If you're too busy because you're working all the time, like, what what does that really say? And so, you know, I laugh about that because I saw the scrapbook from when I got married that I haven't <laughs> finished. but. You know, it's one of those things where you you really have to examine why am I busy? Is it really adding value to my life or am I busy to say I'm busy because I feel indebted for certain things? So post-COVID-19, I will use my time wiser and I will not commit to things that I know I can't do well and that don't serve me purpose or joy.
2: Well, I I would just say that I'm mostly listening. (laughs) <laughs> because that's exactly the message I need to hear right now. Um, I am uh, right now. I think stretched pretty thin. Um, I I do think it will get it easier. Um, but this has not not been an easy process um, whipping up cyber school in in the past month. So we've. So I think we've got a plan in place. I definitely think every day gets gets a little easier. Um, but looking for, right now, I'd be looking for moments um, instead of larger blocks of time for my uh, me projects. Um, but it's definitely something that I'm, I'm listening very carefully to what Fran is saying.
4: <laughs> and I'm saying this out of experience because, you know, I just, like, it really has grounded me and say, I really do too much. And the kids say it all the time. I'm, you do too much, Miss Warren, but really when you do too much and you can't even enjoy life
1: yeah i totally connected with your comment about like trying to have things organized just in your own home and stuff like that and uh yeah i just i moved, i, moved, I moved, the week that our school closed we moved and uh <laughs> and our in construction construction our house was brought to a halt i'm sleeping in my dining room and my clothes are in the garage somewhere. I don't even know. It's like scavenger hunt every day to find what I'm going to wear. But um, yeah, so I feel that I know exactly what you're saying. I, today I was like, what can I control? Like, what can I do to just kind of have that feeling of, all right, something is in order. So I just like clean the kitchen and dining room. It was like ten minutes. Just like let me let me at least clean this, and then at least that is something I can I can sit in there and have some peace for a minute. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: So we're kind of transitioning into our last segment. And in our, uh, in our last episode, we started up this new last segment called what is this situation causing us to rethink about education? And I would love to hear from everybody. What for you is, and, and we want to try to relate this to our topic for this episode, right? So what is COVID-19 situation making us rethink about teacher self-care? It's
4: making me rethink that less is more. Really, less is more. I can't talk teacher self-care if I'm over-scheduled. If I don't even have time to with like, doing simple things, like I can't talk teacher self-care, So well, my calendar will be drastically reduced. I just can't, I can't do it. Drop the mic, <laughs> episode's
0: <laughs> over, <laughs> that's <laughs> um, it. I think this is making me rethink in terms of teacher self-care, how we can really try to support more teachers to realize that um, teacher self-care is important, right? And especially now that we're at home because it's easier to support other people when you see them every day. So every day I walk by you know, my colleague Amanda's office and I'm like, hey Amanda, how are you? How are things going today? How are you feeling? That's easy for me to do, and just that check-in makes sure that you know she and I are on sort of the level, and we're going into our day with positivity. But what I'm, what I'm, what this is making me rethink is how can we help other people develop habits that don't, you know, require us that uh, to see each other every day and check in about those things. So when mm-hmm. I when I text Amanda now, I'm like, hey, just checking in on you. How are you doing? that's that's awesome, and I'm gonna to continue to do that. but I also want her to ask herself the question, how am I doing today? You know, how am I um, coping with my situation? How am I feeling like I am fulfilled and happy today for me? right? And those questions, I think are something that especially for early service teachers, you know we're we're talking in this group about people that have been in in the teaching job for 10, 10 years maybe more and i, w- I want to talk to like second year teachers mm-hmm. you're drowning and crying every night because teaching is a, t- <laughs> a rough job for at least five years and how are you how are you asking yourself the question and answering it what am i doing for me today how am i feeling okay today?
1: like rethinking organizationally how we like when how we do interact with each other, um, like Mike. I think you bring up a great point there, like that personal connection, being able to just check in with people. Um, I think oftentimes like, we're in go mode, like just work, work, work. work. I got to do this. I have this meeting, and then another meeting, and then I'm working with the kids, and you know, and so on. And we never make that time for relationship building with with the rest of our faculty and our staff, and you know, that kind of stuff that really ends up carrying us forward as as a whole organization. Um, so I think just rethinking ways in which we can support each other in developing relationships.
2: Well, I, I think for me, um, I, I will be honest again, like, um, I think before COVID-19, I, I was that teacher who kind of, you know, Way led to way, you know. I every hour turned into another hour, and um, you know, it was really kind of fuzzy uh, when I stopped working or when I wasn't working. Um, and it was, it you know, pretty hard for me to turn my brain off, even if I were having dinner with my family or whatever. Um, just thinking about, you know, what's next, what do I need to do? Um, and now I think, without that drive home, which for me is only like twelve minutes, but um, even that is like that physical like I'm driving home and for a bit there was a a bridge, you know, I could say that I'm not working right now. Um, so I've been having to think about boundaries and separation between work and home because there's no physical separation that's for sure. <laughs> so um, that's going to be I think a new thought for me and I'll have to see where that leads.
3: Yeah, for me, I I was really impacted with the the idea that sort of Fran has brought up with the idea of less is more. And I I just think that that is something that, you know, not needs to not only resonate with me, but I need to like do it, you know. And and when all of these things come on the plate, you know, I need to look at them and think, what is necessary? What builds into what I want to do? What builds into my job and the things that don't? Like, why am I wanting to do those, you know, getting at motivations, you know, am I wanting to control other people's space, like, I need to stay in my lane and, and stay with less is more and do what I'm able to do. And I feel like that will free me up um, more, but it's, but it's easier said than done, right? I mean, it's hard um, to put things down and to engage in other things, but, but it's really necessary, like we're talking about for our self-care and, and I, I just know this conversation has been really helpful for me. Cause this is something that I don't think I do well at, um, but it's very necessary. And it's a conversation we need to have, because I think it's one that isn't talked about and one that isn't ignored. So, so I do ap- appreciate the work that is done for, for teacher self-care because, um, yeah, it's, It's not built in enough um, for teachers.
0: So before we head on out at the end of this episode, we have to plug a book, of course, right, Fran? (laughs) Uh, This year, uh, 2020, actually right at the beginning of this sort of uh, pandemic, uh, The Educators Room released its, uh, what is second or third book in the the series, Fran? It's our second
4: book in the series.
0: Second book in the series. So this one is called When the Fire is Gone, Real Stories of Survival Resilience and heartbreak when dealing with teacher burnout. I have to say both Fran and I authored chapters in the book and you can head over to Amazon. If you just uh, look up when the fire is gone, Um, it usually comes up within the first few results. And it's a terrific read. It's a, it's a short read, right? Um, A little less than a hundred pages, but it really, really uh, brings in these stories of teachers grappling with how to not burn out of the job that they love. Fran, you want to add anything about the book? Um, and
4: that it, it's really, it's not one of, the book, one of these books where everything ends up and everything, everything's good. You now sometimes I read um, books around mental health and, and things are always rosy at the end. But in reality, we're humans, and things happen. And you may opt to say, you know what, I think I'm going to leave for a minute or this isn't the place for me but it's a really short, great read, and it's so needed. Um, And it's something that teachers can read and say, okay, I'm going to do this next. And just while
0: you're here, Fran, you wanna uh, mention anything about the Educators Room? Of course, if you're a teacher out there and you have to check out the Educators Room, you should do it, it's awesome. Go ahead, Fran.
4: So we have thousands of articles all written by teachers for teachers. And uh, my premise on starting the website was around, there's not a lot of teacher voice writing about what happens in education. And many times we get the perspective um, from people who either have never set foot in a classroom, or so long ago that they don't really understand how um, school works now, and so it's we have thousands of web—I'm sorry, thousands of articles, um, writers from all over the world, and it's a great space. So log in www.theeducatorsroom.com, and that's our handle on all social media.
0: Well, hey Fran, thank you so much for joining this, us this evening. My fellow co-hosts, Janine, Julie, and Matt. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Um, Come back at us. uh, This is our third episode, and this ends our first series, which is all about COVID-19 and coping with COVID-19. Our next episode, episode four, we're going to start our new series about networks. And we're going to start to um, kind of explore some networks that exist out there that are really trying to do education differently and uh that are really trying to quote unquote rethink education as we like to say um we'll bring on hopefully another guest and we'll talk about some some of these networks that we think are doing really great work in the world thanks for listening everybody we appreciate your time and uh keep listening please and and rate us on itunes we we would love to hear your reviews and we would love to um hear your thoughts thanks so much